0: Welcome to the Financial Insight Podcast, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. The Financial Insight Podcast is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today, we're going to be speaking to Alistair Marsden from Nova Growth Capital. Alistair, would you mind introducing yourself and Nova? Um, my name's is Alistair Marsden.
1: I um, work at Nova, which is a group. Uh, personally, I cut my teeth about two, two decades ago now working as a first employee into a string of startups um, that, that have had a number of exits and then later into kind of UK headquarters of international firms. Yeah, and Nova Growth Capital, um, we are an award-winning uh, SEIS and EIS fund provider, um, that, and, and we invest in high-growth potential UK-based tech startups, um, a little bit of our investment kind of strategy. So we, we invest into the regions, um, usually not London, we invest into founders that are not your kind of like typically expected startup founder demographic. For example, with over a quarter of our investment has now gone to back female based founders, and and that starts that stat is it's growing. It's well above the industry average, and our strategy is to be agnostic, to be the first to write a check into an investment. Um, being the first on the cap table and we've got a strong roadmap ahead of us to follow those investments through with follow-on funding through to series c and or an exit
0: so maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, what differentiates you in the uh, eis market the main
1: differentiator um, is our close relationship with our sister company the other company in the group which is a venture builder so we're essentially uh like a factory for startups so we find great founders great ideas then Together we start a company, we we employ over 140 people that are permanent on our payroll. um, That in any other VC model, they might be called like an entrepreneur in residence, but they're they're, they're essentially skilled individuals. So full stack developers, marketers, engineers, designers, HR, finance, legal, the list will go on. And and that team, 140 people, what they do is they surround each one of our founders, um, they create a founding team. We launch a company then they go off to build the product, launch it, get traction, start to scale, and when the timing's is right to hire directly and you know, replace that founding team, we then leverage our in-house HR department, which has grown our company to 140 people, to make sure that those first critical hires are right. So we can, I guess we can confidently say that our deal flow is off-market. You know, it didn't exist until we incorporated those companies, and that gives us an unprecedented opportunity. And yeah, our natural closeness to those companies is more like private equity than VC, which means our success rates to year three, usually a pivotal moment in traction, is um, about five times more than the industry average. So I guess in summary, like quite simply our model, it's, it's considerably different to the norm. Uh, it might be right for some, it might not be right for others, but critically for me, you know, there's nobody doing what we do in the UK and, and the results are starting to speak for themselves. So it's exciting.
0: So maybe now you could give us a introduction into SEIS.
1: Probably most people listening to this understand SEIS and EIS to some extent. It's a critical part of the the early stage UK economy. It's it's a scheme that is supporting early stage entrepreneurs that want to get their companies off the ground, but potentially don't have the luxury of being connected to individual wealthy uh, people themselves. it it's just a really great scheme for a, a a startup entrepreneur starting off on their journey to access critical cash to get their idea off the ground if you look at um EIS which is uh, the big brother um, the, the government's essentially writing about 38.5p in the pound. So every £1 invested at risk really is 38.5p. And if, if somebody invested into a portfolio um, of, of companies through a fund manager and that, that portfolio had no growth because of the income tax relief that you're getting up front of that 30%, say the money went in and it returned um, the, the money in and the money out, that, that investor is actually going to see a 30% growth essentially on their portfolio as they, they've got that income tax relief for free. You look at the same with um, SEIS, it is a it's a slightly higher risk. Um, controversially, some people are starting to believe that it might not be due to the amount of management that is involved in uh, SEIS stage. Um, but again, you're, 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 you're the, the investors risk risking 13.5p in the pound on that. Um, so it's... It's much more uh, heavily underwritten by the government. If there is no growth seen on a similar sized portfolio from the investor, they're actually getting a 64% uplift on their investment. So the, the, the risk is higher, but the underwriting is considerably higher. And actually you can get outsized returns, even if your portfolio company shows no growth. So it's 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 great for the founders it gets some access to cash. It's great for investors as it like largely de-risks what is, you know, is a risky asset class. And when you throw the two together, um, it, it provides our future economy with um, great startups that are hopefully gonna go on and list and, and grow our footsie. The, the, the interesting thing within the UK, 80% of um, exits in the UK happen at 50 million pounds or under. So what you really wanna do is get into a company when the valuation is as small as possible um, because if you can get out by a time, it's 50 uh, million or, or less, then you're going to get the upside. If you get in when that valuation of the company is at 40 million or 50 million, you're suddenly play, playing into what what VCs love, which is the the, the power law. Um, and, and, and your returns um, could skyrocket because hopefully you're going to find that one that's a unicorn. But you start needing to have an absolutely crazily sized portfolio to try and find that one little jewel in the crown, that one unicorn. Um, the, the, the whole game that we try and play, and the beautiful thing about SEIS in general, is you're getting in when a valuation of that company is at 300 grand, for example. Um, if, if, that, if that company gets to the average, or you know, above average, the 80%, uh, so 50 million in an exit, and you've come in at 300,000 pounds, you, you've, got your, you've got your outsized return. You do not need unicorns.
0: So what does this investment cycle look like uh, within Nova?
1: So then in terms of how that plays out um, within Nova and Nova Growth Capital, Nova um, looks to start companies with founders. Um, we will write their first cheque, and that cheque will consume the 150k SEIS allowance with them, and provide a little bit of uh, EIS. Generally, th- the first amount of money invested into one of our companies is 195,000 pounds. And that w- that will be put in at an idea stage, but that 195,000 pounds, what they will do over a nine month period is go from idea through to something where there is a product with uh, small sign attraction and clear signals that the market is interested um, and willing to buy. Uh, to do that, we put in over 600 days of dedicated resource to get them from idea to that stage. If they achieve the metrics and the targets and um, the, the hurdles that we put in place by by that within that kind of like nine month window, some rollover depending on market dynamics. And this is like you know typical of a startup. You set off with a a six or 12 month um, timeline. Strategy is never direct, so it's going to go off course and it's going to take some interesting turns. But within a certain window, you, you'll you get a firm understanding whether there is a potential success of that company. And at which case, we then make the second I- investment, which is EIS. So that company, they'll have gone from starting something, using SEIS, seeding it, get that company off the ground, showing some initial signs of success, and then getting their first true EIS investment. And th- this follows suit throughout the sector. That, that is how a startup follows through the SEIS route. And uh, that's you know how um, SEIS and EIS support a company getting off the ground. From that point on, um, we will work with them to grow that company, set some key milestones, uh, objectives and key results, Based on each investment round, at the end of that investment round, if they're succeeded, hopefully over succeeded, um, we will follow that money into their next stage of growth, and that will carry on all the way through um, until there is some kind of exit. They will hopefully, um, but by kind of like mid uh, EIS level, so kind of five hundred k checks, five hundred k to a million, we'll be getting in other investors. We'll be syndicating deals with other investment firms. Um, other angels who are kind of wanting to follow their money that have come out of uh, the SEIS round with us. And the, the, the money will follow until an exit. The, the interesting thing, I guess, like with the, the Nova model here is quite a lot of people get in um, to SEIS quite late. Um, most people, well, all definitely all the headlines are around about growth, growth finance, growth uh, venture capital. Once companies are kind of probably hitting um, kind of 20 to 40 million valuations and looking to
0: grow and hopefully become a unicorn. So my understanding is that SEIS is riskier than EIS. Um, Would you mind telling us why an advisor should be recommending SEIS?
1: I think one of the first things is that that Hardman and co launched um, what I believe is going to be hopefully become a seminal paper on VC. And that's not just because we helped it uh, come to to light, but it's around portfolio risk. Um, within uh, venture capital space, and essentially showing that this usual rule of thumb of 10% of somebody's portfolio being in venture capital only if that investor has a high risk appetite is maybe you know now old and outdated, to f- the fact that venture capital has, has matured itself, the, the returns are starting to be understood much more, and risk is starting to lower down. You know, in, in summary, the, I think um, they, they were saying that venture capital, it can improve returns by 1% without changing a portfolio risk for investor, and that's even for an investor with a normal risk appetite. So um, from an investment perspective, and portfolio creation, I think there is a, a clear benefit for venture capital be, to be part of that. SEIS obviously is venture capital and SEIS has added benefits of having those uh, tax wrapper around it. The, the other interesting thing for advisors to be recommending SEIS to their clients, and this is usually the reason we get a lot of clients, is um, as people may be aware, that it's quite a transient market for the ultra high net worth and high net worth within the, the advisor market. Um, and some of our key investors have come to us through advisors which have gained those clients because they were talking to them about SEIS and their incumbent IFA wasn't, as their incumbent IFA assumed their risk profile not to warrant SEIS. Um, that that individual went and spoke to a, a different IFA who asked them the question, "What is their risk profile and should SCIS be a part of it?" Um, and th- they won that client, and that client came in and eventually ended uh, up investing their SCIS allowance into our fund. And I think that kind of the the the, the top of the iceberg there is it's the most interesting form of investment. Um, it's usually the one which is bought up when you you're sat around the dinner table, you're speaking to friends and family and it's talking about, oh, I just invested in this this firm which is doing virtual reality and brain surgery. You know, it's not I've invested into a bond um or XYZ or something quite vanilla. Um it's interesting companies which will be grabbing headlines. You can read about them in the press and you are one of the earliest people supporting that 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 founder. Um, to get their business up and off the ground. And it works really especially well. And this is where I've got a lot of hope within the sector as founders are starting the companies, they're getting more matured, they're gonna be exiting over the next kind of like 10 years and that money will flow back in. And it, it really works well for that sort of investor that have been through the journey themselves. And as it's almost slightly kind of philanthropic sense of paying their success forward, um, to the next re- like round of entrepreneurs that are trying to do this, but with the benefit of that you know, it being heavily underwritten by the UK government.
0: Would you mind giving us an example of a company that you've invested in through SEIS?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, a, a company which is really exciting for us at the minute is a company called Thrift. Um, Thrift came to us, um, but by a, a guy called Mark O'Hara, back probably about just just over two years ago i'd say now um so mark uh, he used to be um within um retail himself uh, regional managers area managers head of retail operations and business development um, within the retail space and he saw uh, an opportunity uh, and a problem within the whole reseller market but kind of ebay and depop and, and the likes of when you're looking to list a product, um, and when you're looking to list multiple products on mass, it becomes a, a real headache. In that, every platform has a different way of doing it. Every platform has different charges. Every platform has different success for different products. And if you're trying to do this, maybe as a thrifter, as a as as a business, or what's really been interesting for Thrift, you know, as a charity which lists a lot of stuff on these platforms. Picking the right platform, understanding the the potential returns that you might get on that platform, costing it up to show you which one is probably going to give you the biggest profit and then ultimately listing that product for you was was an opportunity to kind of disrupt what was considered already a disruptive market. So he came to us with a, a great background within the retail space and was looking for a partner to take this idea that he had. Um, which uses you know you you can imagine the amount of machine well you know kind of databases and algorithms and machine learning that might have to go behind a product like this looking for somebody to help build that product um, in in a lean way and try and test whether there was the market for it so jump forward to today Um, the the product is called thrift they've been working with a a number of charities recently to kind of stress test the product that we've built and and it's working it's um, it's allowing these charities to list quicker um It's allowing these charities to sell more it's allowing them to sell more and more profitably and ultimately, all this data is coming together to to allow thrift to move into a more public and commercial model where myself um anybody listening to this will be able to download it they'll be able to write into the thrift app you know. Um, pair 501 jeans blue stonewashed good quality size 32 inch waist Um, and it will come up list everywhere that they're going to potentially get a sale highlight the top one tell them how much it's going to cost to post it give them the 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 link to list it click on that link it'll list it they can then sell it um, and make the most amount of money out of that individual item and I, I know for one, having a small family um, and being quite kind of um, environmentally aware, that we, we try and sell all our kids' clothes. And the amount of time it takes to to list all of those items to kind of guess which platform it's gonna have the most impact on. Um, If if I could just go through and kind of quickly type in a few details and and then just click one button and it lists everything for me, um, that would have saved me a ton of time. And I'd have have paid for it for the, the time saving aspect for myself. But for those which are doing this for a career, it's not only time saving, but it's also increasing the returns on those products, which they're trying to ship. So again, really good founder with a really great background, looking to actually disrupt a market here rather than necessarily solve a problem. Um, And yeah, really exciting time ahead for them this year as as the product
0: uh, starts to properly come out to market. Alistair, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us today. The Financial Insight Podcast is for investment professionals only. All material is being carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Wherever appropriate, independent research and wherever necessary, legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. The value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.